Maybe Amy and I know what your role is, but you know, for folks listening, kind of the point of, kind of radio podcast, explain your role a little bit, what your title is, and what that means to us and everybody else. Sure. Yeah. So I'm a general manager of product marketing in Office. Um, at this point, we're, we we aren't very specific beyond that because um, my peers and I and the team that we work on do so much work, kind of far ranging across products. I'm very focused on Office 365 right now. Um, kind of my background historically I was uh, running the SharePoint business for a while very involved in the Yammer acquisition and that has led me to a point where I'm just you know frankly just really excited about kind of <clears throat> maybe reinventing the way people work yeah. I've seen so much um, so much good that has happened as people have taken Microsoft technologies and use them but at the same time it feels like oh there's so much more we can yeah. do with yeah. yeah one of the things at SharePoint conference that I loved something that you said there was you got up and it was the session on um, Oslo or Delve now and, and Office Graph and one of the things you said was look we don't really know where this is going but here's what we've got right now and here are the ways we think that it's going to be really valuable but we recognize that there are opportunities for, for partners and organizations to take this in directions we hadn't thought of. And I thought that was so humble, but so exciting to to hear, you know, an executive get up and and just here it is. What do you think? And let's go do something great together. I thought it brought people into it. But you know, back to what you were just saying. So, can you give us a taste of what's out there? Where where do you see things going? And how are they changing? Yeah, there's well. We'll start on one or two dimensions, and maybe you guys can take me to other dimensions. Um, the dimension that I'm most focused on right now that I you, that people will often hear me talk about is this idea of working like a network. Mm -hmm. And the basis for it is when we look outside in our personal lives, we've kind of cobbled together a bunch of really interesting technologies to get things done. We plan parties, we connect with friends, we do lots mm -hmm. of stuff. The, on the surface, it kind of looks like those are just new apps. But below the surface, um, I personally believe, many of us believe, there's something much more fundamental going on there. That those are, those are kind of like experiences we were having built on a whole new way of getting things done. And that's the network, the way of connecting with each other kind of in a, in a more fluid way, in a way that allows us to find out things and share things more easily than ever before. So one of the directions we're going in is taking this idea of like those underlying concepts and applying them to business. Mm -hmm. We think, man, you know, it's time that business stops being the like 10 year later yeah. type of acceptor of technology. Starts to take some of these technologies and figures out how they can be used for them. And that's that's one direction, that's kind of one dimension that I think will be really impactful over the next little while. Mm -hmm. And something that, you know, again, shameless plug for Microsoft, I guess, <laughs> something that I think that Microsoft is uniquely positioned to do. I think we have this opportunity to take consumer technologies to make them really relevant for an organization mm -hmm. and to be thinking about what does it mean to be relevant? How do you do that? So what are you hearing from as you work with customers? And i got to imagine that we're in San Francisco right now and you're, you're based out of Redmond, right? Or yep. Bellevue. Yep. Um, what, what are you hearing from all the customers that you're talking with? I mean, is this matching? How, how do you take that feedback from the customers and look at that strategy moving forward, looking at the marketing and, and, and essentially innovating? and looking to take the product to the next level as you move forward. How, how, how does that all come to fruition for you in oh, your role? There's a lot happening. I do, <laughs> I do speak with a lot of customers right now. I'm doing uh, quite a bit of travel, and then when I'm not traveling, I try to make sure I have good representation from you know all around the globe. Uh, gosh, what would I say? I would say that 
the trend that I'm seeing more than anything else is a kind of a combined group of technology and business leaders from, from a company coming to us and saying, hey, we used to think of like our technology strategy mostly as the plumbing that enabled our business strategy. Mm -hmm. Now we just don't believe there's such a thing as technology or business strategy. There's just strategy. And we live in a world where it's all based on technology, like all of it. So it doesn't matter what industry you're in, you're having to use uh, technology to kind of execute your strategy. Mm -hmm. And more than ever before, business people are starting to realize I've got to become more tech savvy. And technology, IT folks are starting to realize, man, if I don't become more business savvy, like that's the end of that. And so we see this coming together that really is the impetus uh, for what's happening. And then what I would say is, I just typically will ask a, a simple question, which is before we get into what technology I have to kind of hawk to you, tell me your like three or five strategic initiatives that you already have going on. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to cut costs? Are you trying to you know, reduce cycle time? Are you trying to really do something interesting across your suppliers in the, in the supply chain? Like, What is it that's big for you in your industry? And that's been fun because I learn a lot about you know, large retailers in the yeah. UK and then I learn about how large retail is different in Australia and then I go to a different industry and learn about you know, what's going on with tax accountants and what they're facing. But, but regardless of what industry people are in, they are under tremendous pressure right now to change. And if a company is well run, they can clearly articulate, hey, here's our top two or three. And then I can say, great, let's take a look at what the technology is doing today and how you can use it. So that's, you know, it's a different sales, sales approach for Microsoft. Mm -hmm. It's one that is even different for customers. They're much more accustomed to, we're going to go out and buy a PBX or we're going to go replace yeah. email. But we're saying like, look, don't replace your email unless you know what you're doing, you know, or don't, don't go spend money on a suite like Office 365 unless that's going to really do something for you. <laughs> so it's a, it's a set of really interesting conversations right now. Hmm. How, how do you think customers are doing in that transitionary, transition, is that even a word? Transition <laughs> period as they look to the cloud as an example moving forward. I mean, we have... A lot of customers in our area that are, you know, traditionally on-premises or have offsite hosted with HP or something along those lines, it, it seems like there's there's some blockers to getting to the cloud yeah. as it is. Is that are, are you seeing some of those blockers being removed uh, as far as those customers go, where they're traditionally on-premises more and looking at the cloud and they're more open to that before because yeah. privacy. Yeah, this is a huge sure. concern, right? Yeah. And looking at the cloud and, hey, it's just out there. Anybody can get to it, right, Jared? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, certainly the news of the last little while, you know, I'm, a, for instance, a Home Depot shopper, and I know that they weren't in anybody's cloud, but they still kind of gave my credit card number away. I, it's not clear Good to for me you. That, uh, that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just got a note on that on my flight today. I just found <laughs> out that my credit card was used somewhere in Indiana at a Kroger. Yeah. So maybe it was based on Home Depot. Who, who knows? What I would say is like, it's not clear to me that most customers are doing a better job than anybody else in securing their data. I'd start there. That's not the place I start with as I talk with customers because I get it. Like People have concerns. But I would just mm -hmm. say, I think we're fooling ourselves if we think that, that uh, the safest way to do this is to run it on your own. That's one place. But I would say that um, I'm kind of seeing two different trends emerge, um, and they kind of are temporal in some aspect. Maybe for the last five years or so, when people talk, talked about cloud as it relates to workplace technologies, a lot of the focus has been on cost savings. When you deal in cost savings, you deal with RFPs, and you deal with security experts, and you deal with like a multitude of people who give you boxes to check and hoops mm -hmm. to jump through. 
And to be super clear, again, going back to the theme, I think Microsoft can do that well. I think we can focus on privacy. I think we can mm -hmm. focus on security and compliance. I think we can shore up things that give people concerns. I think we can address, you know, EU model clauses for those in Europe. I think we can look at FISMA for people here who are interested in government applications. Like, we're committed to that. But the second piece that I see is when you move beyond cost savings, when you're not thinking, hey, I'm going to save like 30 cents per mailbox per month by moving to the cloud. And you move into value and you think, gosh, I got to move into the cloud to get something I couldn't get on-prem. Right. You actually end up in a different conversation. You end up yeah. with um, a business saying things like, yeah, I hear you. I want to be secure. That's super important to me. But I am motivated to go to the cloud, not because I'm going to save 30 cents, but because I'm really worried about the fact that my competitor is going to eat my lunch if I don't execute mm -hmm. on my strategy. And this is an important enabler to the strategy. So those two things I think are important, I would say, for the whole industry. I see the industry tipping out of the pure focus on cost yeah. and into much more of a balanced focus on cost and value. And that's you know very straightforward. I think you'd see it if you're out there, but it's a really important frame of mind for both customers and anyone at Microsoft. Absolutely. I, I think that value of cadence is huge, mm -hmm. and we've already seen that. So cadence in the sense of traditionally on-premises or hosted otherwise, it's like a three-year, 30, 36-month yeah, timeline, yeah. right? When you look at the cloud, it's something that we don't have to burden those people to update all the time, yeah. right? And yeah. we can do it ourselves and give. I mean, we have engineering like that are, are focused on the supportability yeah, of the product itself, which is key and, and quite different than on-premises as it used to be. Yeah, you know, it's, the conversations are becoming really interesting and really fun. It's also an interesting time at Microsoft as well, and especially for your role having been one of the key people in making this Yammer transition into Microsoft work because, I mean, we're sitting in the Yammer offices and it feels very different than, you know, the <laughs> yeah. Indianapolis, Indiana office. That, yeah. I mean, not that we aren't innovative what? there, we really are. The walls but... aren't as blue. That's the big difference. <laughs> not yet. Give us some data. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. We're doing our offices. <laughs> but um, but how, do you, how do you bottle that? How do you keep that intact? Because... I, I've been at Microsoft almost nine years, and I've never seen us as a company change so quickly. And I, I think that has a lot to do with leadership doing a great job of, of truly integrating the mindset here with the mindset in Redmond to the mindset in the field. And it, it just feels it, like it happened really fast, which is unusual. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of companies that we work with struggle with those same things. So what are some of the lessons that you've learned in, in making that happen? Well, I'll start with history. Um, I came to Microsoft myself almost nine years ago thinking I'd be here for 18, 24 months, really thinking, hey, I'll do a stop and learn and go do something interesting. Mm -hmm. and, you know, the thing that impressed me most about the company is its ability to reinvent itself at critical junctures and to question everything. And I know externally that, you know, you could see that reflected in the stock price up until the last few months, mm -hmm. that there was this feeling of Microsoft was old and tired and worn, but there's a lot of energy and a mm -hmm. lot of vibrancy in the company. And I just think we're on the cusp of reinventing ourselves. It's happened a couple times to us. I also think, you know, my exposure down here in the Bay Area to a bunch of companies, um, it still is one of the few companies that is not a one-trick pony. You know, we got a lot of ponies out there that are multi-billion-dollar businesses, and we learn a lot from those things. And that does mean that we're slower in some cases, but we've got a, a diverse set of uh, kind of talent that we can use. So now to your question of what's going on. 
I am really impressed with Satya and his leadership. I think that it's very fortuitous that we had a, a change in CEO, that um, Satya has been uh, so energetic, so consistent, um, so focused on driving a cultural change. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. The timing was right for you know a couple of acquisitions and even kind of people internally you know whether it was Yammer or Skype or other you know, Minecraft to, yeah Minecraft <laughs> most recently yeah. exactly right um, for for those influences to come in and say here is our perception of Microsoft and why we don't want to be here unless it's changing and to say this is what we value mm-hmm. now what's again been fun here is I've been up close and personal with Silicon Valley and I think that. I, I always say growth hides a multitude of sins. And, and here, you know, there's been a lot of growth for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And it's not like things are perfect. Things weren't perfect in Yammer. They're not perfect, you know, if you go to some competitor here. Um, but the growth is what gets the energy and the excitement. And that's actually what's right. happening. You're seeing us move back right. to growth. And when that growth gets there, I think that you have the leeway then to say, let's change. Can't you see it? Can't you feel it? Mm-hmm. You guys were in a meeting earlier today yeah. where you could definitely feel yeah. some of that. Yeah. And when the wind's in your sails, you know, I think everybody kind of comes together as a team. So broadly speaking, I'm happy to go into more detail, but broadly speaking, I just think it's a, it's just a very propitious moment where things are coming together and, you know, here we are. And we're, I, the team that I'm on, the team that I work with is just putting our shoulders to the wheel and pushing really hard. Yeah, for those of us in the field and, you know, I, I sit here in the Yammer offices and I, I just I really wanna make sure they know how important Yammer is to us. It's such an exciting part of our, our business and so fun to talk about and, and it's such a fun conversation to have with our customers because it does really open up what's going on in your business. It, yeah, it is the, it's the leader into that business strategy conversation that you really do need to have to to keep building that partnership. Well, I think to dovetail to that, I mean, some of the recent things that we're doing that we're finally hitting on all cylinders to your point, right, is like being able to have more context mm-hmm. in our social interactions. Before you have like Facebook for the enterprise and it's, hey, I can post things out here and I can have groups and we can have discussions about certain topics, but there's not as much context there, right? And it works and it works well on its own, but adoption doesn't always go with it in that regard. It just, it's not slam dunk. So when you start to see things like where we have documents and we're having conversations about those documents or we're spinning up these groups where, hey, I want to spin up a site where I can put documents, but I also want to have a place where I can have a conversation and I can have a calendar and everything at once. Or even like we're talking about with, with Delve, codename Oslo, being able to not even have to think about it and have technology think for you and have technology bring things forth for you, it really kind of changes how you work. And to, to Amy's point, looking at in the field where we have conversations with our customers, I think that's huge where you know we can see it now in the Gartner Magic Quadrant, mm-hmm. right? And, and where we fit in there. But I guess as innovation goes, to take it up a notch and away from Microsoft in that regard, I think it speaks highly of where social is in enterprises, where we think about, yeah. A couple of years ago, there was like nothing yeah. as far as social went in the enterprise. Maybe you had a discussion forum yeah, yeah. Or, or something yeah. along those lines, right? But now it's just totally different. What, what are your thoughts on that? And I mean, this hockey stick of yeah. social yeah. is yeah. just Absolutely. going crazy. It is, but at the same time, I think my experience has been a lot of people don't know what it is. You know, so yeah. there's a bit of a hype cycle thing going on. Um, bubble? Yeah, maybe bubble even. Okay. Um, I would define it this way. I would say... Again, you have to zoom out and look at the big picture. What we've learned from social in both consumer and the enterprise setting is that social is both an approach 
as well as a set of technologies. People often get too focused on the newsfeed as like the embodiment of social. I would zoom out and say, and, and people have heard me speak about it, say, look, there are really three concepts that really strike us as being kind of the core of what social is. The first one is this idea of kind of making people a first class object in the working environment. Today, there is not a representation of the person who I am in my work environment here at Microsoft the same way there's a representation of me on LinkedIn or me on Facebook, where I am a real person who has a digital life, who has you know, artifacts associated with me, who if you go look me up, you can find out things about mm-hmm. me and interact with me. That's just not the case you know, in the workplace. The second would be this idea of kind of group communications where the default is open and transparent. Super, super big. And up to this point, you know, a lot of the communications in the company have been point to point. They've been email modeled. They've been about, I send you mail and, you know, you and I are the only people who need to know about it, which fosters and reinforces this kind of like, great, we got this awesome operating secret. We're not going to tell anybody. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what a Facebook is. A Facebook allows you to opt people in and out, but once you opt them in, you're sharing it with all of them, you know. Or at least um, over time, you know, some group of people that you feel comfortable with. And then finally, this idea of networks. And as we talked about at the beginning, I really think there's something to, and you're, you're saying it the right way, kind of collecting the information that's happening in the activity and starting to say, hey, the system's pretty smart. It can tell you about things you should be doing since you're trying to get your job done. For those who have used, you know, the, the series or the Cortanas of the world, it's the promise of taking that personal assistant and bringing it into the workplace. And there's a ton that can be done there. Imagine how documents I should be looking at that I'm not. How are, how are customers um, perceiving that? And how is it landing with customers? This, who, this whole new Delve concept. It's a new concept, right? Yeah. The, what we hear from some customers, maybe the red dots, if you will, would be more along the lines of, oh my gosh, people are going to start snooping and finding things that they shouldn't and see what we're working on and blah, blah, blah. How is it actually landing? Do we have any kind of thoughts on when we're presenting this to customers and going, oh, wow, this is awesome? Yeah. Kind of like our BI Q&A or something that's like, wow, amazing. Or is it something that they're scared about? Or what? I mean, change is, is always challenging, right? There, there are always people within organizations whose job it is to keep change from happening. That's <laughs> their job. They get paid to do that. We call that sales prevention. <laughs> right. Um, again, it just depends on what the value is to the organization is what I would say. Like, right. Um, if, if you're going in and your main objective is to switch out your email system, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to get over the objections of like, well, what about this? What about that? If you have an initiative that's all about, you know, decreasing the time of product, um, you know, conception to actual launch, well, then it's a different type of story. And so I'd say yeah. we certainly meet people who don't want to have the Dells. They're so worried about what might be yeah. discovered, for instance. But there are more people, I would say, who are, who have a business initiative who are saying, no, no, we got to get more done faster. We've got to change the way we work. I mean, for me, I spent some time professionally um, living in, gosh, just outside of Detroit, kind of in the earlier part of the century. And what really struck me there is there was a kind of this catastrophic thing that happened to the industry where if you were in the auto industry, you knew things had to change. Yeah. You knew you couldn't continue to work the same way. And, and my neighbors worked there, and I could feel it from them, and yeah. they were ready for new stuff. That's just that that type of catastrophic change is just kind of cascading over companies and industries now. So, if you are, you know, whoever you happen to be, a Tesco in the UK, for instance, and the big deal is that you're not growing the way you are, and it's just new today, and um, the analysts are saying nobody wants to invest in you because the CEO, you don't start saying things like, well, I just don't, not sure who's going to be looking at this, and what you're focused on is growth. 
and you want anything that's going to help you to drive that growth. And that's, that is the biggest difference I see is when companies come to me and they've got tons of excuses about why they don't want to use the technology, I say to them, gosh, it feels like you're not ready. It's not my job to convince you. I've got a whole line of people out the back door who are ready to change. I'll start with those folks and then we'll be back to you in six months when you're in more dire straits. So it's, it's a tough, look, if you're in an industry and you don't feel increased like sharp competitive pressure, you're just asleep at the wheel is what I'd say. It's not that it's not affecting you. Oh, you just don't. You know just it. don't. You have blinders on. Absolutely. In that regard, everybody is being affected. I mean, think of mm-hmm. how fast Apple has gone from being on top in tablets and smartphones to being number two and a distant number two in a way that makes them look like I'm not sure what you're going to do next. That's our own industry. Think of how fast a BlackBerry went down. Think of how fast any of kind of the major players in many organiz- in many industries are being threatened by upstarts. And I just think, look, five years from now, it's anybody's game in anybody's industry. You know, hmm. so interesting place to be. It's kind of hard to ignore um, trends in mobility. Absolutely. With those points, yep. I mean, you talk about an organization that might fall asleep at the wheel, or you talk about Apple. You talk about the trends of tablets and mobile devices and things like that. And and really thinking about allowing for your employees to work how they want to work, right? Wherever they are. So when you talk about innovation, I mean, it's kind of hard to ignore being able to work anywhere on any device sure. as a strategy. What, what, is, what is your thoughts on mobility as far as productivity goes mm-hmm. in general? I mean, just kind of take it up a notch um, and look at more innovation-wise. How, how do you think that plays in this space, and what are you hearing from our customers? Well, if you frame it broadly from a market perspective, um, the, the, the framing that I would use is at the high end, for the most part, people have chosen their platform, and there's just a bunch of okay. like contending for the next upgrade type of thing going on. So in a lot of develop, all the developed markets, that market share is just up for contest as people go. You're either iPhone or you're Android. Hardly anybody's Windows. We <laughs> hope they are. But I noticed there's a lot of Samsung Galaxy Note commercials now yes. that the iPhone 6 was announced and released. And so it's like right yeah. now it's just, come exactly. on, guys. <laughs> so there's just that. The dynamic there is essentially kind of competing for some way to get the upgrade or competing for some in. You know, right. On the Microsoft side, I think we have an inference for business. You know, it's yeah. interesting. The, the real opportunity in the smartphone market that's left as an example is really for those people who don't have smartphones yet. It's the question of what are you going to get if you don't have one yet. And so that's kind of broadly speaking what that looks like. But I would turn your attention away from just that game to say the mobility kind of landscape very broadly shifting. You can imagine a time when I carry around something that has a processor in it that I use as a phone that the moment I set it next to a keyboard and a display, it actually works just like... Um, a real computer and if I sit it next to you know or use it in a tablet format or uh, push it into a tablet it works in that way we certainly are moving to a place where I think mobility will continue to evolve in ways that people are not imagining right now so Mm. at Microsoft we sounds like you are yeah (laughs) I would say internally for sure at Microsoft we would say the game's not over yet one chapter of it clearly done we're in the midst of another chapter of it right now but um, I would just say, you know, the, the way that my teenagers right now, the way that my, my teenagers use technology and will as they enter the workforce is going to look different again from what we have today. So we have strategies, you know, that, that people have heard about in terms of, you know, how we're thinking about our platform, our Windows platform, our cloud platform, where the data lives, how you access it, um, that I think are very comprehensive, you know, yeah. that uh, make me very excited because I think, hey, we're thinking about this in a good way. Mm-hmm. And many of the other players out there have pieces of that, but not the entire puzzle and the onus is on us to see if we can put it together in a, in a compelling way. 
So one of the buzzwords I'm hearing rolling around Microsoft and externally as well is Internet of Things. Yeah. So, and I think that is yes, sort of what you're referring to in a way. Yeah. So explain that to me because <laughs> being in productivity, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty focused on, on uh, people being productive, but maybe right. not in the Internet of Things. So explain yeah. it to me. Well, I would say, you know, just in a very crude sense, the Internet of Things is something uh, that's very, I, I find it very easy to understand because mm -hmm. it's nothing more or less than everything you interact with starting to collect and then kind of transfer data to, in some useful way. So the easiest way I see it is as an example, kind of the Fitbit craze that kind mm -hmm. of popped up of people counting their steps. Nobody counted their steps previously, all of a sudden people count their steps. Then they, you know, then they kind of correlate counting steps to weight. Then they start to correlate that to workouts. You know, there's a lot going on. It's a very easy fitness analogy to see how you can imagine doing that in a mm -hmm. business of just like, let's start to track what's happening. I guess what I'd say about the Internet of Things is there are a whole bunch of prerequisites. We talked a little bit about platforms and where you store your data and all that that are important. And then beyond that, you have to be able to actually sort through the noise. Mm -hmm. Like, just because you have more data doesn't yeah. mean that you're actually more intelligent. It just means that you have more ones and zeros. So a big, uh, you know, we talked about Delve. There's yeah. a lot more coming from us in that arena. A big component of our strategy is how do we help you sort through the noise? Mm -hmm. How do we give you, we would call it insights, but how do we give you insight into what's most important for you? So that's where, I, again, I look at, you know, the, the mobility trend. I look at the Internet of Things trend. I look at the big data trend. And I think ultimately it comes down to lots of things producing lots of data, and yet we still only have 24 hours in a day. I still am only going to have two eyes. You know, there's only so much I can do. You have to sleep, so, too. Okay, you have to sleep. Yeah. And, uh, Eat, things like that. Some, some things got to help you to kind of cut through all this right. and be productive. You know? And I think that's, that's, that's where Sasha's vision is all about. When he says productivity, he doesn't mean, like, we're just going to make an awesome word processor. No, no, no. He means, no, how do you take this information and yeah. the new world we're going to live yeah. in and get stuff done? Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, that's exciting for us as a company. certainly exciting for me. That's interesting that's in the concept um, in context of Office Graph and Delve. Absolutely. In a different way to look at that. And I don't know if everybody's looking at it that way. We talked about the red dots being, oh my gosh, you're going to be able to see things you shouldn't. Well, maybe you should be securing them. Anyway, but it's surfacing things to you that are meaningful in a smart, intelligent way. Yeah. So I can do my job more effectively and quickly and go on with my day instead of having to hunt things down. Like if Amy and I are working on a file together, I go to Delve, it's right there, I'm done, I move on with my day. Yeah. Otherwise I have to go through, try and find, blah, 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 and it takes me longer, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, a simple example for me would be if you take the, uh, like the real estate industry or something, your ability yeah. to, to get access to buyers and inventory is, that's it, that's how it all works. Um, you can quibble all day long about like, wow, how do I think about this security and that security? And it's super important. But at the end of the day, when competitors start to get access to inventory and buyers faster than you, like you're just going to lose. That's all there is to it. That same dynamic is happening all over the world. And that's where I'd say the technology is going to have to become an important differentiator for people as they apply it to their dynamics, the stuff that they face every day. Yeah, completely agree. So I guess um, a question that we had here is we'd be curious what are you excited about as, as you look at innovation, technology, this space? I mean, you have this all in front of you, and you have the service of Office 365. We talk about social. We talk about mobility. I mean, there's so many innovative things that are happening here. What excites you as you look beyond that? You know, big picture, I grew up, like many people who are listening to this, thinking of Office as the place that I kind of sat down to do my work yeah. and then I used probably email in most cases to kind of 
have it become like our work. But it was very much office was a my work type of thing. The thing that excites me the most, the, the reason that I'm excited about our opportunity, at least in the part of the business I work on, is, is my kids, my teenagers, move into the workforce here over the next couple of years. I want them to think about office as the place that we work. I want them to totally experience a shift in how they think about it, out of word processors and into a world where if I need to talk to you face-to-face, -face, I click a button. Where if I need to share something with you, I can do it implicitly on any device. Yeah. Where it just is the environment that is that is sought after, that is so highly productive that people couldn't imagine getting their work done without it. Again, the analog is when I travel the world and I am in, you know, Mumbai or I'm in some place in Poland, it's totally gratifying to go to a small business and realize, dude, you run your entire inventory out of Excel. That's so exciting. <laughs> and there, there are other ways I could suggest that you yeah. do it, but your whole business runs off that thing. We never thought of that sitting back in Redmond, but it's really cool to see you do it. Yeah. And I think if we do a good job, that's exactly how this new environment will be. People will do amazing things. The United Nations will use it to, to drive world peace. You know, Governments yeah. will use it to better serve their their constituents but what I get excited about is like that's the world I want and mm -hmm. again it's shameless a little bit but the Microsoft just has the tools nobody's got email and voice communications yeah. and presence and social and files and like that's that is a treasure trove of stuff and my job is you know working with a lot of good team members to figure out how we put that together I will going back to one of your earlier comments by the way I'd say it's not as easy as you'd think because our future work environment isn't what you'd imagine. And the, both our imaginations and our data tells us that. Meaning like sometimes you might think you could just like stick email and social together. And the more research we do, the more we realize, wow, the future's not going to look like that. It's going to take elements of what makes social amazing and elements of what make email amazing. And it's going to combine them in, mm. in interesting ways. And even more than that, the thing that we're very focused on right now is throwing it out there what the future is going to look like actually won't create the future either you have a whole you have right. literally a billion people who use office products or their equivalents today who if you throw out a future that's too far in front of them will say i don't know what to do with that right. and that's yeah. as an example i use this all the time in my talks but that's the example that the google wave taught us awesome idea wonderful wouldn't it be great if wave worked yeah. but you know what my mom looked at it and said i don't know what to do with that thing and so part of our job here is also to take the industry on a journey so it's an amazing future, it's a journey, it's an opportunity for leadership for, for us and for others, partners and others in the space. And so I look at that and think, that's exciting. You know, you can change the world. It's great. As, that's an interesting, we were talking about this with like, you know, Microsoft, we used to have like in Windows XP, the tablet edition. Yeah, exactly. Right? That was ahead of yeah. its time, yeah, to your absolutely. point. <laughs> we had MSN Direct Watches. Yeah. And now we're seeing this reemergence of you know personal wearable devices, yeah. and it's it's quite interesting to see where things have been tried before and fell on their face. You know, Microsoft we've had a bunch, other companies have had a bunch as well. It's just what, in, in your perspective there, just to highlight it in the sense that we can't just rush this stuff out there. We're, we're kind of taking folks on a journey and kind of baby stepping Bob through this, right, if you will. Kind of what about Bob reference, but anyway, <laughs> I I'm not calling you Bob. I know you're not Bob. <laughs> yeah, I think this is. We like to end our sessions just asking more personal questions, so um, get to know the the guests a little bit better. So, I, you know, I I trolled LinkedIn and realized that you were in Utah for a time or grew up there. Yeah, uh, well, I spent some time in school there. And so, um, so snowboarder or skier? Skier. 
Right. My kids yes. are skiers, too. So. Yes. I'm a skier as well. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone I know who, I'm, uh, one of my very good friends also went uh, to school out there, and so I spent a lot of time, and she said, it, there is a clear divide between the snowboarders and skiers, so I wanted to get your side. Yeah, I'm a skier. Are you a good skier? Uh, I'm decent. I'm decent. definitely not bad. My kids are better than me. <laughs> my kids are awesome skiers. Doing circles around you. Yeah, like truly doing circles yeah. around me, yeah. No fear and no assessment of risk is what I would attach to their little... Uh, <laughs> well, when they're wearing helmets, that's right? That's the idea. You can't break your leg with a helmet no, on. No. Trees are not yeah. as hard as they used to be with a helmet on, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, are you reading any books and or, and or oh, uh, maybe one of your favorite books that you think everyone should read? Boy, that's a good question. You know, I... Um, we could go deep on what I'm about to tell you background. We're not going to have time. But I speak Chinese, learned it as, a, as in my late teens. And so when I do have time to pleasure read, I mostly read in Chinese right now as opposed oh, to wow. English. So, wow. Um, yeah. So I, and I have been mostly focused on kind of contemporary, like from the 1900s forward, Chinese writers who talk about the change in Chinese society. So it's not, it's not broadly applicable to anybody, but that's... Sure. Well, that's really that's interesting. Yeah. So do, you, do your children... Speak Chinese at all? Have you taught them any? No, I, you know, I started my career in Beijing, and my wife grew up in Utah, and so she didn't speak any, but learned there. And we took a little three-month-old over, and then had had our second one born there. But they were little, and you know, they didn't learn Chinese. So yeah, yeah. It, the nice thing is it's our secret language now between my wife. My kids, it's so funny. The moment we start speaking Chinese between the two of us, they're like. What? I hate it when you guys do this. <laughs> Around birthdays, holidays, Perfect. right? Yeah, exactly. exactly right? <laughs> it's a great way. Like, well, again, I have teenagers, so it's always, can I take the car? Can I go Oh, that's it, right. Immediately, my wife will turn to me and say, what do you think? He hasn't done his chores. And I'll be like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> so if, if money was no object to you, what would you be doing? Oh boy, that's pretty easy. Um, as much as I love technology, uh, I think that the Earth, the world, is in a really interesting state uh, right now. You know, it's um, there's upheaval in a lot of places, but there's so much happening. So I would find a way, church, otherwise maybe church combined, to mm-hmm. go out and make a difference in the world. I think there's a ton to do in the United States, um, just with with causes like hunger and uh, kind of unemployment and things like that. Again, with my international experience, I think there's a lot to do in countries like, you know, Asia and China in particular. Mm-hmm. So um, if I didn't have to work, I definitely would find a way to try and, I don't know, try and use my talents to make the world a better place. That's great. Wow. Are you a hiker? I am. Huge hiker. Yeah. So prefer hikes in, in Utah or Washington? Both are great, great yeah, places to are. hike. Washington State is like the Disneyland of hikes. Is it? So it's so it's nice. Beautiful. Yeah. It's wow. You have everything. So there's like characters up. everywhere yeah, as you're walking yeah, through the woods. Exactly. There's just like there, there's so many good hikes. It's you know, last weekend, so last, yeah, last weekend my wife and I went backpacking on the Olympic Peninsula. It's our first time leaving our kids on our own. It was you know, wow, a great really? job. Yes, um, and it was a beautiful winter place called Shai Shai Beach, which is you know has these sea stacks and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you can go hike you know Mount Rainier, which is incredible, or Mount Baker. So there's you know whatever you yeah. want. Washington State has. So yeah. it's nice. A lot of fresh air out there. Beautiful. As opposed yeah. to like Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty flat here. <laughs> You're walking through somebody's backyard. I mean, <laughs> 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 
I do that often. Anyway. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your yeah, time. Yeah, we really appreciate it. It's you been a great conversation and yeah. really interesting. So. Yeah, absolutely. This, this is a great day so far. I mean, we, we're here through Thursday, but I mean, just joining in on the town hall this morning and your team meeting and everything is just very cool. So it's great. Great yeah. to have you. Yeah. Thanks again. Thank you. Yeah.